Hi everyone, I'm Taylor Pingman and welcome to episode 14 of The Motherhood Project. You guys, this week's guest gives me life. (laughs) She is someone I have admired from afar for a while now. She was pregnant with her third child as I was pregnant with Blue. And as I'm sure you will see in this episode, her energy is so refreshing and calming. I felt like I was just gabbing with a girlfriend the entire time we were talking. This week's guest is Louise Boyce. Louise lives in London with her husband and three children. She's been a model for 25 years. She has a podcast called For Pod's Sake. She's a campaigner for hashtag push it out. And she's a blogger on Instagram and online at Mama Still Got It. Also, if you haven't seen her TikTok videos yet, you have to go check them out because they're hilarious and they always brighten my day. In this episode, Louise shares about the modeling industry, her experience navigating modeling while growing her family, and the inspiration behind her hashtag push it out campaign. And we discuss identity and how that changes and evolves as we become moms. And Louise shares her tips for things that she does when she's not feeling so confident herself. If there's one thing I'm sure of after speaking with Louise, it's that this mama has definitely still got it. And her message is a great reminder to all of us, especially on those days when we doubt ourselves, when our kids are driving us nuts or we're missing the parts of our lives that don't exist anymore, that we've still got it too. Just in case you needed someone to remind you of that today. All right, let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm wonderful. It's so great to talk with you. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) How has it been uh, in London for you guys during this whole thing? Um... It's been all right. I mean, I've been really grateful for the good weather. We've had lovely weather here, um, basically since March, which is not really normal. Um, So it's been okay. I mean, good days, bad days. You know, it's... um, I remember actually when the school closed and and I was a bit like, oh, that's fine, actually. It'll be quite nice, you know, having the kids at home. And then my default was like, well, you know, I can... I can get my mum to help out on these days and my mother-in-law on these days and I have this nanny on that day and then it hit me I was like oh no actually I can't have anyone to help this is now just me mm-hmm. my three kids all day every day I was like oh yeah actually that's going to be quite tough <laughs> <laughs> um, and and because I had to homeschool my eight-year-old which was just it's hard you know they don't want to be taught by their mum mm-hmm. um, and then I've got a four-year-old who wants attention and then I've got a baby who needs attention mm-hmm. so and, and a husband who needs attention <laughs> and it was all a bit like wow that like this is this this is a lot and there were days of feeling absolutely overwhelmed by it all and then days of feeling completely blessed and thankful for everything you know I guess it goes in waves of yeah harmony and then absolute like this is rubbish when is this over I want my life back please yeah but generally it's okay I kept a diary actually one of my new year's resolutions was to keep a diary um every day so I started that in January and I've continued it um and so within my diary I've got the whole of the whole lockdown and everything um and I read back on it and the majority of my writing just say another lovely day at home with the family um we had a great time in the garden like generally it's quite positive mm-hmm. and then you get the odd day of me kind of hiding in the utility room you know cradling a bottle of wine <laughs> like what the hell is going on this is rubbish yeah so yeah generally all right yeah, <laughs> not bad that'll be fun to look back on someday when this is all over oh, totally. <laughs> even for your kids totally. too yeah, I've kind of written it in a very kind of PG way. So if they do read it, <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> you know, I had something similar when I when I first started this. I shared my daughter's birth story. And then I've had my husband on since. And we kind of share what early parenthood has been like for us. And um, shared it for other mamas or parents listening in. But also realizing halfway through, like, this would be really interesting for her to listen to later on. Because I had so many questions and so much of what my mom remembers feels sugar-coated or not not real real and so it's hard Mm. to connect on that because there is such a time difference 
And yeah. so I always wondered like how she did it because she pretty much was, was on her own. My, my dad was here and involved, but he traveled a lot. So um, wondering like how she did it with three young kids, you know, really managing herself and wondering like the real stuff, how stressful was it, you know, so yeah. that you don't and, feel so yeah. alone. Yeah. And they didn't have technology back then. They right. didn't have, you know, iPads to throw in front of the children to kind of, so you can have an hour to get something done. But then I guess also they didn't have iPads. We didn't have iPads. Yeah. So it was a very different world. But I do, I, yeah, my mum had three children and she was a single mother. And I'd say to her now, I'm like, how, how did you do it? Yeah. She was like, well, you just did. And, you know, I remember days of her, I remember days of her struggling and trying to keep it all together. Um, And she'll say to me now, you you know, if I could do it all over again, I would. I miss those, those days Mm -hmm. of struggle and I'm like really she's like yeah you know they were you know what made us who we are today and right yeah I mean like enough respect to all mothers out there I mean my gosh hardest (laughs) job in the world yes it is (laughs) so take me back to the inception of mama still got it you know what was what was the journey to that or inspiration behind it um so I had already I already had my Okay, well, we're going to go back to the very, very beginning. Um, as you mentioned, I was a model and I have been for 25 years. That was that was my job when I started when I was, um, gosh, 15. And that was a bumpy ride in itself um, within the industry, you know, battling eating disorders and kind of finding out who I am and learning to love myself just as I am. Um and then when I announced I was pregnant with my first son, um, my agency, my, my previous agency said, oh, well, you know, you're done now that you're a mom, you know, that's it, work's over, you can't possibly work, uh, you're, you're damaged goods, basically. Mm-hmm. And I just accepted it. I just thought, oh, okay, well, if that's the way it goes, then fine. And this is before I was on social media. This is going back to 2011. Um, and I, social media back then was still very, it wasn't as big as it is now, obviously, but, you know, um, and so I just accepted it and I just thought, okay, well, I've got to find another job then. And then I actually um, had, had my son and ended up working in another modeling agency who is now my agent. And I was working there and then they said, well, do you want to tried doing a bit of modeling again and I was like well yeah if you think people would want me and they're like well yeah why wouldn't they so did a bit of modeling then uh, which was great and then um, I fell pregnant again with my second son um, and then took some time off to have the baby and then I really thought like well that's that then you know my career is definitely over I've got two now and at this point now I was 35 and again, within the modeling industry, it was, I think after a certain age, it was very much like, you're done, you know, you're done. You're, you're a certain age, you're, you're a housewife and you've got two kids. It's not really what people want to aspire to. Um, and then one day, whilst I was feeding my son, um, you know, looking like a overtired, disheveled mother, um, I got a text from my agency saying, oh, there's... Um, there's a, a client, a great client in Italy who wants to fly you out and shoot you and with this great photographer and a great team. Um, do you want to do it? And I couldn't believe what I was reading. And I just turned to my baby and I just said to him, oh, I guess mum has still got it. And then something just twigged, like a light bulb went off or something. And I just thought, actually, if I'm feeling like I still have life in me, regardless if I'm a mum you know, over a certain age, a certain size, it doesn't matter. You know, if we feel like we still have got something in us um, and we want to still look good, feel good, get that confidence, then, you know, when you become a mother and you do get a bit older and your body changes, you can lose a bit of confidence. You can lose your identity. Um, And I wanted to kind of circle back to, you know, how we were before we had children and get that life back and just, you know, let, let myself know and other women know that 
we've still got it. We never lost it. And so I just started a blog writing about fashion and beauty and, um, and obviously writing about motherhood and confidence. And it just started from there and it's just gone from strength to strength really. And it's just been lovely to get messages, you know, from, from people like yourself and other women like all over the world saying, thank you for, that makeup tutorial or thank you for that, that fashion advice or thank you for being so honest about motherhood or anything. And it's, um, it is, it's, it's lovely for me to know that I can, uh, I guess, aspire or give women other advice or make them feel good about themselves. Um, as well as, you know, I've got my career back that I had for so long that I thought was over. But I guess, again, because the rise of social media and, and everyone has a voice and everyone has an opinion and I think people were saying we want to see more like real people and we want to see somebody over the age of 25 um promoting skin care or something you know there's there's a want for it there's a need for it which uh that wasn't around before so um that's it really it just it started from nothing um and it just been a really wonderful ride so far it's been it's been great and I'm just grateful for every person that follows me on Instagram everyone that comments or likes you know all of it it means the world to me because it literally started from nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> when you when you first got pregnant with your first son and you you said that your agency said, okay, well then that's, that's it. That's like the end of your career. Was that something you had thought about or planned for before you got pregnant? Or was that a surprising, re- like not realization, because obviously it didn't come true, but, mm. you know, feedback, I guess. I kind of thought that it was normal um, simply because if I looked at my other like peers and other women that I was modeling alongside, who got to a certain age or became mothers, they kind of just disappeared mm-hmm. and you didn't really hear of them working anymore. And also back then there was a lot more travel than there is now uh, with the job. And so I guess clients just thought when you become a mother, then obviously you can't travel. So therefore you you can't do the job. Um, so yeah, I was aware that life would probably change um but I didn't think it would be as sudden and I didn't think it would be as cutthroat but then that's just this this one agency it's not Mm -hmm. you know just bad bad judgment on their behalf I guess um but yeah I was aware and also I was aware that once you are pregnant as a model you people think oh you just do loads of pregnancy modeling and actually that's not always the case um hence why I did the campaign the push it out campaign because you know when my husband and I decided to have our third baby I remember saying to him again like well you do realize that then I'm not going to have any income for a while and you're going to have to hold the fort until Mm -hmm. I get back into work and so you know it wasn't just a discussion of shall we have another child it was also a discussion of I literally I will lose my job as immediately like it's not like you, you kind of roll into maternity leave and and all that it was like you know I think I went on maternity leave at uh I think it was about something like 15 or 16 weeks which you know in a normal in a normal job uh you know you've probably gone maternity leave much 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 later so mm-hmm. I don't yeah so that was crazy <laughs> it's just when I started to show Um, Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I think because uh, being my third child as well, the more children you have, the the quicker you start to show. Mm -hmm. Um, And so about 15 weeks, I think even before that, um, I did a shoot, I think when I was 13 weeks, we did a shoot in um, Morocco and the client knew I was pregnant and we did every shot kind of like front on because any angles I could Hmm. see that I was (laughs) So after that, I basically went, I, I, I was, too, I was showing too much for, um, for my regular clients. Um, and then obviously tried to, again, like get into, to do some, um, maternity modeling, which, you know, can be really quite scarce for an actual pregnant, um, 
nozzle you know it's and 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 again lots of people didn't realize that mm-hmm. until I mentioned it on my Instagram and I couldn't believe the um the response from that uh, yeah I hadn't learned about that until you shared it and I thought that <laughs> that felt so absurd to me I'm like and then you go back and you look at some of the maternity um in photos or when they're selling a suit or um something and you look at it and you're like oh yeah I I don't know if that person is pregnant and yeah actually looks really young I mean you can be you know you can be a young mom but I'm like that interesting you start to like change your perspective a little bit and actually so you just you just you just mentioned it but let's let's talk more about it so this push it out campaign um Mm. why don't you share a little bit about that um well okay so yeah as mentioned I posted an Instagram post saying um currently on maternity leave at x amount of weeks I think it was a really low I think it was like 15 or 17 weeks um due because I'm showing too much my regular clients and then I think I've put in it a fun fact for you did you know that uh, a lot of maternity models aren't actually pregnant and they're wearing a fake phone bump and the kind of, I think I put something like how how ironic is that thinking nothing of it because obviously I've known this Mm-hmm. my entire career um i've seen you know i've got friends of mine that are models that put on a, a, a fake bump and go to work and do the shoot and take it off when they go home and so i've known about it it and it hasn't because i've known about it from such a young age like in my teenage years i didn't think anything of it i thought it was common knowledge to everybody um until i mentioned it on my instagram and the comments and responses I got from it all completely overwhelmed me and people were angry people were actually messaging me saying thank you because they suffered from depression while shopping online mm. um you know when you're pregnant your your hormones are all, are all over the place your body's unrecognizable in you know for some women so you're buying clothes for a completely different body shape than you had before and when you see these models that are sick insects um, and not pregnant, you know, that you can see they're wearing a fake phone bum. They haven't got the boobs. They haven't got the bum. And don't get me wrong. Obviously there are women out there that do look like that when they're pregnant, but the majority of women don't, and they can't relate to that. And um, because it sparked such an outrage, on my Instagram and obviously the messages I had were unbelievable. It kind of pushed me to take it further. And also from a, from a modeling perspective, I lost my job mm. um, as well as many other models who are out there doing the same job I'm doing also losing their job. And then they were coming out of the woodwork saying same thing happened to me. One model said that she modeled for, um, a brand doing maternity when she wasn't pregnant the moment she fell pregnant and she had her own natural bump they fired her which doesn't make any sense whatsoever there is talk of well you know we don't want the models to feel like they might faint on their feet or it's too much for them um thanks but with you know we'll be the judge of that like we're right. self-employed like if we mm-hmm. don't feel we're up for the job then we won't do it and to be perfectly honest when you feel your most rubbish as we all know when you're pregnant is in the first three months mm-hmm. when you're not showing you don't tell anybody um and you get through it because you you have to and that is the most dangerous part when you're actually showing and you're in your second trimester the majority of women feel great and I did, and that was when I was like, right, let's work, let's do this. But I was working in my first trimester and running to the loo and throwing up um, throughout the day. And obviously didn't tell anybody. Um, everyone thought, I, I don't know what they must have thought of me actually, they probably thought I had some kind of weird drug, drug problem. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um that is when it's dangerous and so when, when you know when brands are saying well you know we're, we're thinking about the uh the well-being of the model i just i you know i can't i just think that's a load of and also going back to that i know stylists 
and photographers and makeup artists who've been pregnant and have been on set on their feet until they're like 38 weeks pregnant and no one cares about their oh, well-being yeah. it's just you know so it's not really about that it's it's, it's more about how something looks yeah um, or the and perceived they want to get perception that. of what it would what it would be like yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and there is no you know every bump is different every body is different with their pregnancies and to have one bump and one body shape to represent such a spectrum of shapes and sizes when you're pregnant for women I think is crazy Mm -hmm. especially when they're not real and they're foam yeah (laughs) yeah I will say just seeing some of the posts that you shared about that, it, it, got, it did get me thinking because I was learning this as I was becoming pregnant and also realizing, wow, my body's changing in every single way, you know, thinking mm. that, well, as long as I'm just staying active or um, walking every day or doing some exercises, you know, I, it doesn't change that much. It's just pretty mm. much the belly. Maybe your boobs grow. Yeah, maybe your butt gets a little bit bigger. But then it, it's all the other changes. Like I was so, I'm a very athletic person. When I, I had like 16 weeks of morning sickness. And after that, oh. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'll go back to work it out when this baby is on the outside because I am done. I'm just going to sleep these nine months away. <laughs> yep. It's totally. tough. It affects you in it every is, way. So. It's really tough. It is tough. You know, what our bodies go through is, it, it is a miracle, you know, in itself. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable what our bodies go through and how they know how our body, we don't do anything, we, but what's going on in the inside is, yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's, so to it's see amazing, this, actually. To see this, um, this campaign that you started, which was to just bring more awareness to that of, this is actually a really unhealthy thing to be um, having these women who aren't pregnant just strap on a belly and try mm. to sell that image that women look yeah. at and trying yeah. to, feeling like they should be looking like that and they mm. don't. And it's, it's already a time, like you said, where we're, you may be a little bit more insecure about your body and not recognizing yourself because everything's happening so quickly. And mm. um, yeah, it can be really discouraging. Well, they, absolutely. And there were women messaging me saying that they had considered dieting whilst they're mm. pregnant. It's just bonkers to even have that mindset. And that it, but when you're affected by what you see online, how to, you know, everyone wants to look like that perfect pregnant person that you see, you know, everyone wants to feel that good and look that good. And, and when, you know, oh my God, I felt crap in my first trimester and obviously towards the end as well when you feel like a beached whale Mm -hmm. um and you want to to be that oh look at me I'm so perfect in my bump and when you see it online with these girls that aren't necessarily pregnant but obviously the consumer doesn't know that yeah they think well why did I look like that she looks Mm -hmm. amazing why can't I do that and the fact that now almost like the secret is out um it has made women go, literally the messages were like, thank you. Cause I thought there was something disgustingly wrong with me. So thank you. And uh, I must admit that made, it was, it was women out there that made me want to take it further and further. And, you know, to a point where brands were listening and they did, they did change their, their wording on their website. They, they added disclaimers. If they were using a fake phone bump, they would mention it on their website. And they started to use models with actual real bumps, which was mm-hmm. great. Um, there's still a way to go. I mean, I still would love to see um, d- d- more sizes. Like, you don't really see um, a size. Actually, it's, a, it's different for the UK to US. So, like, a size UK 16 is a US 12. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to see women, you know, of that size whilst pregnant, modeling maternity clothes you don't really see that um not in the uk anyway i don't know if you see it in the us yeah it's quite rare to see a fuller lady uh pregnant um which again in the uk the i think the average size of a woman in the uk is a uk 16 which is a us 12 that is our average size woman and we're not seeing it Mm-mm. really anywhere enough i mean it in terms of maternity, it's, you don't see it. 
Um, so there's still a way to go, but I was thrilled that uh, my voice was heard and things were changed. So yeah, it makes it does. It's great. I'm really pleased yeah. about that. Well, I was going to ask too if you felt like. Um you know, I mean, you've, you started a movement in this and it does take a while for it to become mainstream, but I am curious, um, even outside of, of, uh, the maternity world, is there, do you feel like the modeling industry is slowly changing to be more diverse, not only inclusive of, I mean, I know we've seen different races and, and colors and styles of people, um, in terms of size, do you feel like that's that's changing and becoming more diverse? Yeah, absolutely. It has been. I mean, as I said, I've been in the industry for 25 years. When I first started in the 90s, it was very strict with how you had to look with your sizing. You had to be a certain height. You had to be a certain size. Like your measurements had to be like exact. And if they weren't, you were pulled aside by your agent and you were told to lose weight. And it was as simple as that. It was like you, your hips are one centimeter out of what they're supposed to be. Go away for two weeks, come back when it's the right size. Um, Whereas now completely different Um, models are of all shapes and sizes which I think is absolutely fantastic. There's less pressure to um, fit into, I guess, the standard uh, modeling statistics. Um, it still does go on, you know, when there's fashion week, you know, you are, you, you know, designers still prefer to use um, a size zero, but they are opening their doors to more and more curvy women, which is wonderful, but it it's taken it's taken 20 years and it's, it's still evolving, but you will see now um, magazine covers of uh, curvier women um, like Ashley Graham, you know, she's, Mm -hmm. she's, she's been incredible. Um, 20 years ago, you wouldn't see a model that's a size uh, US 14 on the cover of Vogue necessarily. It just wasn't a done thing. Back then, beauty was being slim, um, whereas now beauty has it, it, it's a whole plethora of, of sizes, um, shapes, ability, and color. Right. And thank goodness, because we needed to see a change. And if you look back at a campaign decades ago, it's just it's just basically we're clones of each other. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same model over and over and over. Um, so it has changed, it has evolved. Um, and it's something like, even for me, like when I first started modeling, I um, started being what's called like a, a straight size model. So you have to be like a certain size, very, very skinny. Um, and I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't do it unless I basically starved myself. Um, and I, I did starve myself and then I did end up uh, having an eating disorder and it got to a point where I was like I can't do this anymore I'm literally killing myself and so I quit and then took some time out to work on myself got healthy and then I said this is now 2001 and that's when the first kind of what's called plus size agency uh, in the UK was starting to unfold and so I joined the agency and so that's what 2001 so that's almost 20 years ago and it's been it's just grown and grown and grown from working with these small clients uh with clothes that look like a carpet to then going on to doing fashion shows and glossy magazine covers and you know major tv commercials that before I probably you know wouldn't have had been basically I'm getting I've I've got booked more on the back of just being me rather than trying to fit in and being Mm. miserable uh which you know thank goodness and and I'm not alone in this story there are many models out there with exactly the same story you know they try to be they try to fit in they try to be skinny um and were miserable and failed 
uh, didn't make any money and then took some time out, got healthy, practiced self-care, self-love, and now, and then ended up, you know, working for X, Y, and Z and did really, really well. And they're really happy and are inspiring other women to do the same. So it's, uh, it, you know, if I look back in the 90s and it was a struggle, it was a real struggle. And I hated, I hated my body and I hated myself. I was so angry at myself for eating. Like, can you imagine getting angry mm. at yourself for eating? And I was eating like a pigeon anyway. And, um, oh God, I, I was just so, going back to diaries, like I kept a diary in 1996 and it's frightening what I'm writing. You know, it's, I'm so hard on myself and I'm so mean to myself and I just want to grab that girl in, in, the, in these pages and say, what are you doing? Stop it. Um, and it took a while, but you know, she, that girl's gone now and she's learned and she's grown up and yeah, it's, it was, um, it was a tough time, but so yes, to answer your question, it has definitely got better. It has definitely evolved and thank goodness. Um, you know, as much crap we, as we give social media for how it affects society, I think it's, it's really helped in this regard because anyone can be, um, can have a platform uh, mm. and, and be beautiful and everyone is beautiful. I don't want to say it that way, but it, it, it's giving a bigger platform for those, those looks and styles and people that we, we didn't see for a while. And I was oh, curious absolutely. your thoughts on that. Oh, but absolutely. I mean, you have to think of Instagram, like the people you follow on Instagram, think of it as your own magazine, as in you're following people that inspire you or you like their style you like their uh, their interior of their house, or you think they're funny, or you know you can create your own magazine that's online, and that is your Instagram account. So while, when you're scrolling, you see a nice outfit you like, uh, you see a makeup routine that you like, and you see women and men who are showing realness, you know, for the first time. Like to be perfectly honest, I've never seen before. Um, a scar from a woman who's had uh, a mastectomy mm -hmm. um, or I've never seen stretch marks on a pregnant tummy that are, that are so severe because I wouldn't necessarily buy a magazine about that because um, there probably isn't one out there or you know back then before social media like you didn't see those things because again everything in magazines was so perfect a pregnant woman didn't have stretch marks and you didn't see all these things. Whereas now, social media is showing us how, how beautifully raw life can be. And people want to see more of that. They want to see real life. They love to see beautiful photographs as well, don't get me wrong. I love to see a beautiful fashion uh, dress that I, I follow on, um, that I follow loads of their fashion Instagrammers and, and love seeing that, but at the same time, Whilst I'm scrolling, I love to see real stories about how motherhood can be hard or real models who, you know, are in a bikini, but showing cellulite and, mm -hmm. um, and stretch marks and then saying, I love my stretch marks. And then someone else is looking at it goes, oh my God, I've always hated my stretch marks because I thought I was the only one who had them because no one ever shows that anymore. Yeah. And, and then they go, oh, actually I am real. And, and there have been, there's so, there's, there's, you know, there's yin yang to social media. And in my experience, I think it's been a very positive thing um, to show and to tell people about real life, you know, real struggles that sometimes you think you're alone. I suffered with anxiety when I first became a mother, um, but at the time I didn't know what it was. Um, and I didn't talk to anybody because I thought if I did, then I failed as a mother and I, no one else is going through this, what's wrong with me? And it was only when I joined social media and started following other like mum accounts that I was like, and this is years later when obviously I was over it, I was like, oh, so actually what I went through was fine. It was normal. But, and 
I didn't know that. And I wish that I had been online when I was going through it all so I could talk to someone or, or, or read someone's blog post about, you know, this is what I did and I went through this and it's fine and it's normal. I didn't understand what I was going through, but it was normal. And I know that now from the power of social media, as well as what you said, you know, everybody can be a model on social media. Yeah, they can, you know, they can. And I know um, girls on social media that didn't have modeling agencies and then they built up such an amazing platform for themselves and are now doing campaigns for major brands because mm-hmm. they have built up themselves on social media. They're real women, they're real people. They've got, you know, they're posting pictures of, you know, this is my spot that I've got this morning and it's fine. This is what I'm going to do to cover it up. It's real and it's raw and it's, and I love it. I love it for that. And um, that's why, you know, going back to what you said, and I appreciate what you said, like how I was quite real with when I gave birth and I, that's how I want to come across. I, you know, I, yes, I've been labeled, labeled a model and, you know, a lot of people would be like, Ashley's model, her life's perfect. Eh. And actually it's not, it's not that way at all. Like it's not that way at all. And I hope that that comes across. Like I'm a real, I'm a real woman. (laughs) And, uh, you know, with struggles and with cellulite and a tummy that, you know, I should probably be flatter, but it's not, and it's fine. I don't care. Um, and it's nice. It's nice that it's okay. It's okay to, to not be okay. I like that. Yeah. Well, this is actually a good segue to something I saw. Um, I saw this. This was you wrote this on your blog, and it really spoke to me. So I wanted to have you expand on this. And you said, okay. "Becoming a mother changed the way I felt about myself. I lost my identity and confidence, and at times I doubted myself as a mother, as a model, and as a woman." Where does that? Where does that come from for you? So that that goes back to when I first, first, first became a mother. Um, Because no one, it doesn't matter how many books you read or advice you get from your own mother or your friends. No one can tell you what motherhood's going to be like until you're in it. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, it was, uh, it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies. I gave birth around the same time Beyonce gave birth to her eldest daughter and she was quoted in a magazine saying, I feel so blessed. I'm so happy. I'm so in love. I've never felt this love before. My life is complete. I felt the complete opposite. I felt like, what have I done? This baby has completely ruined um, my life. Uh, I felt like this baby has completely just come in. It's like a bomb going off in our in our home. Um, I didn't necessarily feel 100% ready to become a mother. Um, I knew that my job was over, or I thought that my job was over because I was told it was. Um, and then I suffered some anxiety with it all. I was exhausted. I remember looking in the mirror and being like, I don't know who I am because I looked so tired. And, and then also on top of that, I was trying to put on this facade of everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, it's great. I'm, you know, life is great. And um, all I wanted to do was say, you know what, this sucks. But I didn't know if it was okay to say that. None of my friends had become mothers. As I said, I wasn't online. I didn't feel this community of new mothers who were in the same boat um my nct group um which i don't know if you have that in the states is when like you get together with um mothers to be and you all talk and you're meant to basically stay friends forever with your with your Uh, children yeah um like my sister has but my nct group um was horrendous like none of us kept in touch after i think we all had our babies and then no one stayed in touch so I felt very alone. I felt very isolated and I really didn't know who I was or what the hell I was doing. And, um, it was all a bit of, it was all a bit of like a, Oh my God, what is this? And I spoke about it with my mom and she said it was normal. Um, and, and also I didn't, 
I didn't have that bond. When you give birth, people say you get this, like, this love, like this outrageous love immediately. And so I was expecting that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it. It didn't kick in for me immediately. And so then I was like, there's something wrong with me. Do I hate my baby? What is wrong with me? Um, and obviously there's nothing wrong if you don't bond with your baby immediately. It's actually really normal to, for it to take a while, and especially when it's your first. Um, and so all of that kind of sums up what you just said. Like I, I felt a bit, I didn't, I'd lost my identity. I did, I, I, did, I did lose it. Um, and it wasn't until you know, a bit later when you kind of get to grips with having a new baby and you actually can manage to finish a cup of tea and have a shower and go on, go on a date with your husband and kind of get into the role a bit more of becoming a mother. I mean, it is a role that you're playing yeah. um, full time. And I remember spending so much time researching pregnancy and how to give birth um, and after I gave birth and I was like, I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> and I remember holding my son in my arms and looking down and going, I haven't researched this part. Like what the hell do I do now? Like what yeah. do I do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. It, and so I just felt a bit, and then yeah, at the same time, all my friends are still going out clubbing and going to restaurants and going, hey, do you want to come? I'm like, uh, I can't really. My boobs are lactating and <laughs> I haven't slept and my hair's really greasy and I, I can't keep my eyes open past 7 mm-hmm. p.m. Um, but obviously, you know, my identity did come back and becoming a mother did become easier. And obviously when I had my second child and my third child, motherhood became... Um, I wouldn't say easier, but it just came um, normal. It was like, you know what's coming, you know that the hard parts get easier and it, and it all kind of levels out and then it becomes beautiful and amazing. And, and uh, you know, now I want to go back to those early years with my eldest son and do it all over again and, you know, and, and tell myself that I did a great job. Yeah. Um, because I did, but I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I was so inexperienced. Um, and then also, I think what kind of um, put a bit of a grey cloud over my uh, first experience of becoming a mother was I gave birth at home, um, which was really hard. I can't believe I did that. But I gave birth at home with no drugs. And my midwife, we had an independent midwife, and she was very hippie and holistic and spiritual, which I loved, which is one of the reasons I hired her. But afterwards, um, she didn't uh, she didn't stitch. I needed a mm. stitch, and she didn't do it. She said, "Let's let it heal naturally." And again, I didn't know any better. Never never been in this position before. So I said, "Okay, fine." But she should she should have. I should have been looked at. I look. I should have had more help um, after I gave birth. I was, you know, I had a, I had a tear, and uh, it was just left. And so I was in such pain for, I would say, a good nine weeks after giving birth. I couldn't sit down. I couldn't. I mean, when I say I couldn't sit down, I don't mean like a ouch. I mean like a, I cannot sit down. And I. I was so miserable from it. You know, everyone's coming around to see your baby and you're, you're breastfeeding the whole time, but you need to basically sit down all the time. And it was so painful. And even the strongest painkillers I had, like only just worked. And I remember saying to my midwife, surely this can't be right. And this really hurts. And she was like, it will go, it will go. And she was, she gave me that these herbs to put in the bath to help soothe it. And mm-hmm. it did work. But it took a long time. It took a long, long time. And actually, when I was giving birth to my second child, I wasn't scared about giving birth. I wasn't worried about that. My thoughts were the aftermath. Like, I cannot bear to have that pain again for that long. But with my second child, I ended up going to hospital because I hemorrhaged and I had to go into hospital. And they at the hospital they uh they gave me a stitch afterwards without me even asking them they just did it yeah 
and I'll never forget. And considering I was after my um, my second son, I was in hospital. I was in intensive care. I had machines on me because I had I hemorrhaged in LI. I was pretty hideous. Um, and I never felt so happy because I I had no pain um, down there. I was completely pain free, and I couldn't believe it. I was I was so happy that I could sit down and mm-hmm. and uh, and feed my baby and drink my cup of tea sitting down in in no pain. So I do think that the fact that I was in so much pain with my first baby and not knowing that that's not normal, I think that really affected how I was because everything hurt the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and those first few weeks are so precious and they go so quickly. And I feel like the whole time I was just worried about myself and my pain rather than what does my baby need. It's almost like I needed to heal myself properly before I could be with my baby, which I didn't get. But, you know, it all worked out in the end. Um, If anything, um, I'm glad that I can let women know that if you are in that pain, go and get help because it's not not normal. and then again, with, when I gave birth to Inca almost a year ago, um, I can't remember if I had a stitch. No, I didn't. Um, and it was fine. Um, I guess after your third, they just fly out. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do, I do think that that had a big role to play in when I first became a mother, definitely. Um, <laughs> I'm really glad that I asked that question because so much – of what you, I feel like everything is coming full circle for me. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Not only in my own experience, but in, in all the other mothers that I've interviewed and spoken to, there is a, a, there is a steady line of knowledge and wisdom that it kind of seems to just kind of dance right along that line of a similar Mm -hmm. thing of some of the things you said, just to recap some of it that I've heard over and over again is to focus less on the birth focus more on the postpartum or, or just don't even focus on anything. Just know that (laughs) it's all, it's all different. It's all hard and you get through it and you miss it. Yeah. Yeah, you do. (laughs) You miss it. it. You miss it. I said to my husband the other day, I was like, I'm broody. He was like, oh, for crying out loud. (laughs) I'm sorry, but like, I, I miss the newborn baby, Mm -hmm. like bubble. I loved, I loved, you know, being in bed with the baby and not, you know, and that's it. That's all that, that's all there is. That's all it is. And I love that time and it, it just goes so quickly. And, um, and yeah, we're not going to have any more children. There's, there's no way we're, we're done, but, uh, it's, uh, it is so magical. I mean, obviously motherhood is hard, but at the same time, it's so rewarding and it's so magical. And I, 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 I do all the hard parts all over again. Yeah. Um, same with last words, I know. Um, <laughs> well, you also talked is- about the importance of healing yourself too. And mm. you, I felt like you touched on all the things that I'm, I'm truly trying to cap- capture in this podcast of mm. offering a space for mamas to heal. So both mm. emotionally and physically. And mm. you talk about that the beginning of the time of postpartum of having that anxiety. I definitely mm. experienced that knowing it was still normal didn't help me in the moment. It made me feel a little less alone, but it it didn't stop the suffering in the moment. And also something that my midwife told me um, as we were preparing for birth was that I think she said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, becoming a mom is traumatic and it can traumatic. It sounds like a very heavy word, but I mean that in the, in the true definition of it in that, Something that's traumatic is usually defined as a significant amount of change um, or like a very uncontrolled situation all at once. Mm. Mm. And it can still mean that things end up okay, but just the experience of that can be very Mm. traumatic to deal with. And there's a lot of processing. And Mm. um, you you talked about some of your births. Mine, I was trying to go more of a hippy-dippy route too, going to a birth center, which is a little more... Uh, is different. It's not mainstream here in in the states. Um, with a birth with um with midwives, which is also different here in the states, and ended up having to transfer to a hospital for an emergency C section. So, 
even if I hadn't had done the, the emergency C-section and gone the hospital route, the experience of labor and, and the, the mental mm. <laughs> processes that happen during that is still traumatic. And I have friends who um, on paper had their perfect birth everything mm. that they would have wanted happen and still feel that disconnect at the end and wondering mm. why am I feeling like this? You know, mm. why am I not happy right now? Why, why am I not feeling overjoyed and love towards this new mm. baby right now? And that, mm. so there's always a piece of it that you can't plan for. And I always just try to share that with any mamas that, that I speak to of, of, I just, I'm pretty raw in how I explain it. It's like, yeah, it, motherhood is raw, especially the first time you do it. It's traumatic and it's a lot. And yeah. so that's why I want to offer up this space to heal and then also uplift. So it's, it's a process. It's like, don't skip that first part, you know, take care of the mm. healing part and then, yeah. you know, work through the identity that comes and then we can uplift and celebrate ourselves with where mm. we, where we are. And it's just like kind of a healthy, healthy yeah. flow of things. Absolutely. I mean, that's why midwives say after you give birth, you know, you need to, you need to heal, you need to recover. It's, you know, if you have a major operation, you're going to, you need to heal. Same with giving birth. You know, mm -hmm. it is, it's what your body goes through when you give birth naturally or through C-section, whatever way you birth your baby, what your body's gone through is major and you need time to heal. Mm -hmm. And if you don't hear, if you don't spend that time for yourself to heal, it will it will catch up on you. And I again with my first child, um, we I didn't really spend time in bed to heal. I think because I was so uncomfortable, I wanted mm -hmm. to just be walking around because I couldn't sit down properly or lie down properly. So I became a very busy oh you know let's let's have a barbecue and you know I wanted to keep busy I always wanted to like to prove to people that it's still me I'm still me I'm still fine you know I've just had a baby it doesn't mean anything <laughs> and so we had loads of barbecues and it got and one of my friends who uh is a mother um her child uh was about five years old at the time so obviously she'd been through it and I remember she was like looking at me and she was like are you okay I was like yeah I'm fine I'm fine she was like you kind of need to rest and I was like I'm fine I'm absolutely fine and actually looking back now she was she was right I should have rested I should have just told everyone to bugger off um but I wanted I wanted everyone to think I did want people to think differently of me. And what's strange and what does happen as well is I think once once you announce that you're having a baby to certain groups of friends, they then kind of go, ah, oh, okay, well then you're not available for holidaying or late night drinking or basically fun in general. So we're just going to cross you off our address book. Um, and a few of my friends just dropped off you know yeah. just gone and that was really hard to that was really hard to swallow because I was like well, I'm still me like just because I've had a baby doesn't mean that I'm inadequate of a sense of humor um and then obviously since they have then had children they've come back and they're like oh hi <laughs> um you know now we're more now we're more similar now we're more alike and um I did say you know it really hurt my feelings when you just kind of like just vanished when I announced I was pregnant I'm like I'm sorry but it wasn't on our radar and wasn't something that we were didn't know really know how to handle it and fair enough you know but it's uh definitely healing is so important as you said mentally and physically yeah. um and because be kind to yourself and also ask your partner for help you know they don't really they don't know what they're doing either it's first time for them they've i mean i don't know what my husband must have thought seeing me give birth and and uh I remember it's going a bit graphic, but anyway, um, <laughs> I remember I, I gave birth in the pool, in the birthing pool at home. And I remember saying, <laughs> I was like, babe, have you farted? And he was like, no, you're, you're, you're pooing in the pool. And I didn't realize it. And I was like, all oh, right, sorry. <laughs> and he was fishing it out with a sieve and putting it in the bucket. And I was like, wow, that's true love right there. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Like, 
didn't even say it. He's just like, no, that's you're you're pooing. And I was like, all oh, right, okay. <laughs> just keeping it real. Yeah. I will. Well, I do have one final question for you. And you you touched on this a little bit. I think there is this this preconceived notion that you know a model's life is perfect and you walk around on on a cloud being carried by doves you know in life exactly what it's like (laughs) so you know there are times where you don't feel as confident in yourself as a as a woman as a wife as a mom as a yeah a model um what do you do for yourself that that makes you feel more confident and back in your skin It's, it's really interesting and good question because there are I do go through moments of like imposter syndrome like do I even know what I'm talking about you know why do people listen to me I don't know anything what am I doing I should just quit the whole thing you know I do go through moments of that and it, and generally that is that usually happens when I'm due on so I know it's a hormonal roller coaster of you know hormones um but obviously I do, I, there are times when I, you know, I have lost confidence because, you know, apart from everything else, you put aside motherhood, put aside that for a while, me as a person, me as a woman, I've grown up from the age of 15, I've been told I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I'm too tall, I'm too blonde, I'm too talkative I'm not talkative enough I've got wonky eyes I've got small teeth like there's always been something that's been picked at me because of the job I'm in um by people in the in 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 the industry but then on top of that as soon as I say to somebody who doesn't know me um if they say what do you do for a living I say well I'm a model you are instantly judged by the way you look they'll start looking at you going huh, you're not that pretty or, well, I think, I think I could, I think I look like you, so therefore I should be a model or, you know, and then you have people that actually say it to your face, like, well, actually you're pig ugly. And you're like, that's, that's nice. Thanks. What if I said I was a vet? Would you say I was ugly then? Um, and obviously going up for jobs, um, you're going on castings, for the last 20 years you lay like, a part of the job is going into a room of people that you don't know handing over a book of photographs of you for them to go hmm yeah turn around can you take your clothes off let's have a look okay yeah no sorry we don't we don't like no bye-bye mm-hmm. and so you're constantly judged and it's taken a while for me to uh not give a shit um but i think that's something that comes with age and confidence and just knowing who you are and um and you know the whole body image thing like again in my 20s I was much more conscious of my body and it had to be had to be perfect uh whereas now you know my body has made three people I think that's pretty amazing and I'm really proud of myself doing that so therefore if I have um, as I said, if my tummy's not flat or I've got a few rolls, which I do, and so you know, then I don't care because, you know, this body is keeping me alive and it kept three people alive. And um, and I remind myself of that. And I think, you know, I, I am human and we, I think all women go through waves of lack of confidence um, at times. Um, and then to get it back is either... I, I do, I, you know, I, I, I go on bike rides first thing in the morning sometimes, which is lovely, kind of clears my head. Or I'll um, listen to some music that I love or I'll play with my kids. I mean, my kids don't care what size I am or, or how I look or what I wear or what makeup I use. They love me for me. Mm-hmm. And once, and I love that. You know, their love is so pure and unconditional. And... Once I get a dose of that, I'm like, oh yeah, everything's everything's fine. I, I'm, you know, it's fine. I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'll survive. And I must admit, my husband's very, um, he's very complimentary. You know, he tells me I look beautiful even when I probably look my absolute worst, like pooing in a birthing pool. Um, <laughs> and then also, you know, the community that I've met 
on Instagram, um, you know, without sounding really cheesy, like I really do think that my followers are really lovely people and they really want to build me and other people up. And I love that. And that's what it's all about. And so, yeah, if I am feeling down or, you know, putting myself down and those are the things that I remind myself of and then you know they're like ah actually yeah maybe I have still got it who knows (laughs) (laughs) hi there thanks for listening in I'm always looking for new guests on the show so I thought I'd turn the mic to you are you interested in being a guest on the show or maybe you have a mom a friend in your life you'd like to nominate send me a dm on instagram at the motherhood project podcast and I'd love to connect Also, if you like this week's episode, please leave a review and share with your friends so other mamas can find me too. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to connecting with you again next Friday.